What's up, everybody? Welcome to Barf. That is Backlog Accomplishment. Hold on. Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. Nailed it. God, I'm I'm so... Man, that Harry Potter anagrams have got me all messed up in my head. <laughs> uh, I'm Adam. I'm going to be hosting today. We're talking about Batman Arkham Asylum, and today with me is Chad Michael Ennis. Hola. How's it going, guys? Thank you for responding appropriately in the right timing. Thank you. Oh, yep, that's hilarious. Great Monday joke. Perfect. Sorry. Okay, now I'm done with the conversation with our audience. We can continue. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and Chad are here to talk about our barf game for the month of September, which is Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, originally released in 2009 by Rocksteady Studios. It is the first in the series of the Batman Arkham games. And I think it's a very good one. I guess we can get into it. Uh, what did Rocksteady do before this? Sorry, I didn't mean to throw I, this Basically on. nothing. I was, I was looking that up. They got chosen uh, by Eidos Interactive, who was working with Warner Brothers to make a Batman game. And they were like, hey, let's work with Rocksteady. And they're like, what had they done before? The only game they had ever done before was Urban Chaos Riot Response, which was a PS2 and original Xbox game. All right. So small, unknown team, really. They're like, we're going to take a shot on these guys, and then they just put out bangers. They fucking so. knocked it out of the park, man. It is, it is insane. Um, I just go through some, some uh, what do you call them, facts about the game. Like I say, Rocksteady, 2009. Uh, the story is written by Paul Dini, which you know is the, the writer and creator of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, included the voice cast from those games, uh, Kevin Conroy, uh, Mark Hamill and what is Harley Quinn's name? I've already forgotten her name. Ar- we were looking. Uh, Arlene Sorkin. Sorkin, that's right. So they got all the the big hitters back for this game. Um, it had been remastered on every console imaginable. <laughs> you can get it anywhere. Um, but yeah, I just love this game. I know it did critically very well and financially very well. And uh, it was kind of a big thing because I remember at the time, this is Adam just freeballing now, is that there was nothing like su- superhero games were a thing, but like nothing at like a triple A level. Like I remember they made a Batman game based on like the first uh, Christian Bale movie, like on original Xbox, which is like whatever, no one cares. Um, you know, Superman 64. Some of the NES and Super NES games were pretty cool at the time. But I think the highest profile stuff was like the Spider-Man, like like the PlayStation yeah. 1 Dreamcast version, and then there's the you know the movie tie-ins too, which were pretty good. But the yeah, that was mm-hmm. the highest profile, like triple A-ish superhero games we had before that. Yeah, and then this came out of nowhere. I'll tell the story the first time I ever played it. I hadn't played it in a very long time, which is why we did it for Barf. But the first time I ever played it, uh, I had Gamefly back in the day. When Ooh. I was working at a video game store, and I was flexing, and I was like, they were like, oh man, we're going to play these new games that come out, but we have to wait so long. That's like, let me go on my app and click on whatever's here, and it was back in my Arkham Asylum, and I knew nothing about it at all. I just like, it's a Batman game, and I can get it tomorrow. And I was like, let me flex with my Gamefly account, because I was so <laughs> proud of it. Uh, and then I played it, and I was like, oh wow, this is actually great. I, I'm real slow on Batman stuff sometimes. Like, I didn't know there was a Christian Bale movie until the second one came out, until Dark Knight oh, came wow. out. I didn't know that Batman Begins was a thing. Okay. Um, same thing with this game uh it is it is great like i think that is you know like i was saying before it is the most triple a superhero game we had at the time it just out of nowhere like everyone's like yeah batman everyone knows batman but then they're just like yo why don't we just make you know like game of the year contender right here 
Yeah. I'd say, I would say until Spider-Man 2018 came around, it was still like the pinnacle of superhero video games. And we'll talk about this in a little bit when we talk about combat. I mean, Spider-Man 2018 flew because Batman ran. I don't know if that's the right analogy, if that's the same. Swing because <laughs> Batman grappled. Gra- there we go. Batman grappled so Spider-Man could swing. Yeah. There we go. I mean, even thinking about combat, or just, this game was 2009, we were talking about it before, but there is, like, ever since then, for the last 10, 12 years, we look at it like any kind of action game, and it's, it's got Batman combat, straight up. Like, you move between different enemies, and the counter, the counter was the biggest thing, just, yeah. like, being able to hit that top button and do a counter, and you just feel so badass. It's like, punch, punch, counter, 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 counter. Oh, my God, it's so good. And then Detective Vision. Uh, which you can abuse in this game more than you can in the other ones, uh, which is also a thing that is in tons of game now. Like, you know, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed took has both. They have Eagle Vision, quote-unquote, you know, Detective right. Vision, and also they had the combat at a certain point, and that series was similar. So um, those things, again, changed gaming history. And then uh, the Predator stuff was always really cool. I always really enjoyed the Predator sections, which is when you got to be stealth because the dude's got guns and Batman and bullets do not mix. That's true. Man, that, you learn that real quick in this game. You take like two bullets <laughs> and you're like, ah! <laughs> He's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, and I, Joker this game, talks smack. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to piss in profiles to figure out like the exact first time I played this, but I'm pretty sure it was like right mm. at release. Um... Yeah, there we go. Asylum. Right at release. Oh, I totally lied. Okay, so I beat the game January 2012. I waited three years before I played this game? Mm. Damn. And then I beat it again on hard mode the year after. A year and a half later. Um, But that was on PS3. And I realized that I, I mentioned this on the podcast that we recorded yesterday. We were recording this a little bit early in September um, for this, but I realized that I had not bought it on PS4. I have not played it since 2013, so it's been almost a decade now. And so I preached on the podcast, like, everyone go get this game. It's our barf game. Go get this game. It's like $8 right now. If you don't have it, you're stupid. And then I went to go play it this weekend and realized I didn't have it in a way that was easy to play. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to go pay full price for it because I bought it after it was $8. Um, but yeah, so coming back to it after like a decade and realizing all these years in between, like all of these games that bit that, yeah, Batman defined so many different parts of, you know, modern video games right now that it's just nice to be able to go back and see how it influenced Assassin's Creed, Spider-Man, all of these third person action games, the fight, even the fighting system is something like Uncharted, like the melee and Uncharted using the mm-hmm. same type of mechanics, you know, the square button to, to attack, triangle to counter whenever you see that an enemy is about to hit you, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty incredible. And you feel like such a badass when you're doing it too. A bat ass, trademark TM, oh. Chad Michael Lewis. Uh, you feel Very like such good. a bat ass. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, it feels so, you know, everyone makes a joke like, you know, Batman doesn't kill or whatever, but when you play these arcing games, it's like those dudes are all uh, hospitalized for the rest of their <laughs> yeah. lives. Like you they just crack robots. dudes' necks and backs. It's awful, <laughs> yeah. but it's great. It feels so good. And it's so stylish too. Like not only does it feel good and you're flowing back and forth, but just like the fact that 
you know, you, they could have gone the easy route and given you like two animations for a finisher and like a couple animations for punching and countering, but they don't. There are so many different like contextual things, like whether or not the guy has a pipe that he's looking to hit you with. Uh, that'll look different than if you take the little electricity electricity wand, taser wand, <laughs> and stun baton. And stun baton. There you go. Um, so all of these things just like look and feel so different. And even like doing a finisher from across the map, the way he'll like leap and do a somersault and then just fucking pound your head with his fist. And it's really, really cool. Great stylish, great. amazing combat. And uh, it's yeah, one of those things too of- that's like tricky. Okay. It's not like the basics of it are really easy, but getting a combo of, of like 20 or higher is like super difficult to pull off at times unless you're in like the exact right situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even the upgrade uh, eventually in the tree where it's you if you time your strikes, they become critical strikes instead. So you got to yeah, don't, you can't button match. It's like bow, 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 counter, bow, bow. <laughs> like it's yeah, you got to get in that flow, and then you you rack up those combos, and it, it gets crazy. Um, so kind of going off of gameplay because again, gameplay is great. It's paved the way for a lot of things. I kind of want to go through. I guess sort of story slash like set piece sort of things, right? Sure. So, you know, you you're you're in the Arkham Asylum. Joker brings you in. Uh, it's it's all a fake because he wants you to be in the asylum so he can do his big equal plan of making Titan, which is Bane's stuff times ten or whatever. And that's the only bad part about the game actually is that that Titan fight with Joker. But <laughs> so he brings you into the asylum all his goons are there so you're in the, the all the inmates are out and you're fighting through the asylum trying to find a way to get to Joker and stop the production of Titan and you meet a bunch of rogues along the way um, one of my favorite sections of this game and even going back now it's so good and because there's a lot of stuff I forget because it's been I haven't played this game in eight years or whatever but whenever they hit you with the fear toxin and you go yeah. through the sections with Scarecrow. Oh my god, what brilliant design that I had. And the, they do it multiple times, and it's different every time that they do it. And just what a crazy thing that you had no idea was going to happen, uh, especially when they do the, the fake out of, like, your, your console's crashed. Yeah, like that it glitches and goes to a black screen, and then finally you come yeah, up. And it's and like, retry, and, and it was table. like, hit the middle button so Joker doesn't shoot you. I'm like, there's no middle oh, button. Oh, yeah, and then, use the middle stick to avoid Joker's gunshot. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my god, it's so good, because you the first time you really don't know what's going on, because, like, you're just walking through a hallway. It's like, oh no, Gordon's dead. Um, and then you go in the morgue, and everything's crazy. And and then, ah, man, I, I love the scarecrow stuff in this game so much. Uh, and that's something you, that they kind of continue to with the, with a lot of the rest of the series. Even I remember mm-hmm. uh, Arkham VR. I know this is not an Arkham VR discussion, but Arkham VR and PSVR, like looking around you, and suddenly they're like the cells beside you are no longer holding other people; they're holding you. And then, so spoiler for mm-hmm. Arkham VR. That, uh, yeah, they do all that kind of tricky shit and, and trippy stuff in a lot of their entries in this too, and I love it. Yeah, is there another part of the game that you like besides gameplay or story beat that you like from Asylum? I really like that part and uh, the Poison Ivy stuff. Like the, I feel like the aesthetic, as little as I saw of it, because I spent 90% of the game in detective mode, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but... <laughs> When I did finally come out of detective mode and I was like, oh my God, this place just looks freaking like the, the plants everywhere, the pink, like fog, the aroma of it all, the, like the, the 
bulbous plants that shoot the motion detecting balls at you and shit like that. Like those are like an interesting obstacle to get around. Like those, once that starts to take over the city, it looks completely different. These areas now that you've, you're going back to, cause it's like a Metroidvania style game. You're going back to these areas that now the plants have blocked off or opened up new passages and you're going to them and you have to do them in a completely different way. I, I loved that part of it. Once, once poison Ivy starts taking over things. Yeah, it's real cool. Like you said, it completely, I mean, Metroidvania, um, and it completely changes the map. Like, there are entire parts where you couldn't access before, and now you can't access old parts because there's vines everywhere, and yeah, it's so cool. And it gives you an enemy, and uh, yeah, everything just changes until you deal with her, and it stays that way until you until you deal with it, and I think it's really cool. Uh yeah. game's very, very creative with that kind of stuff. Uh, another one for me uh, is the croc stuff. Uh, I just like the feeling of being stalked in the sewer and I, it's still, it's like, go get the eight pods or whatever is the, you know, the objective, but it's so cool. Like, it's like, don't make too much noise. It's going to get you, you know, be yep. careful. And it'll just pop out <laughs> of nowhere. And then you're, you start immediately start looking around like, where is he coming from? Which, which angle? And then you got to try to hit him with a boomerang or a batarang. And uh, I like that whole section, especially at the very end when you like, blow him up and he falls down he's like oh we'll meet again batman i'll get you next time <laughs> uh yeah i love all the stuff with croc they use a, they have a good use of the villains in this game they do yeah and they i like that they all it wasn't just like hey here's a big bad villain with like a cool trick and you got to beat it to death it's it's like if you try to just punch these things you're gonna fail and you're gonna die you have to figure mm-hmm. out whatever their trick is whatever their puzzle is um that's pretty cool most of the time while also just throwing a bunch of other enemies at you at the same exact time. Yeah, beat up those goons while you're fighting the other stuff. Um, and then, yeah, again, I like, I like the way you use the characters. My, I like all the... Um, the one thing about this game I like more than the others is the Riddler trophies in this game, since it's the first game, are few. Yep. than the rest <laughs> of them, but it's still cool because there's some of those games that get wild. But I love, you know, it's just like... Uh, Oh, this guy pull his strings or whatever, and it's like you gotta, you know, scan the ventriloquist gun. It's like, oh, here's a random Batman villain that was in like two episodes of the cartoon show, and like, oh, you're finding a little cool stuff about it. I love doing the hunting for the random, you know, there's like a calendar yeah. man cell you gotta scan and all that stuff is uh it's really cool. I loved that. And the the audio diaries that were the interviews that went along with it as well, whether you're hearing the backstory of Harley Quinn and how she gets started interviewing or, or uh, looking after patients and stuff like that, or, or hearing Zaz's story. Zaz, Zaz is a villain in this, in this game that I feel like just got like the real shit treatment. Like <laughs> you basically see the back of his head a couple of times and maybe his face that one time where you have to throw a battering at him. And then like, that's it. And then he finally gets his due. I think in Arkham Knight, you're like following him around in phone booths and and then you finally do get to fight him. Was it City? Got it. Yeah. City with the phone booths. Yeah, Zaz is definitely uh, your tutorial villain. <laughs> yeah. It's like, learn how to do these things. Beat up Zaz. Yeah, uh, yeah I loved all of that, exploring that lore. And like you said, it's it's introducing you to backstory in Batman comics and like little villains that you aren't necessarily part of the game yet. Many of them do become part of the game series. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, it was really cool. Even to see like little nods to Mister Freeze's cell during the Harley Quinn fight, and it's just kind of off there to the side, um, and and knowing then that he becomes a villain in, in Arkham City was really cool. Or portraits of the Penguin, like that's it's really cool. Yeah, 
uh yeah you get yeah all the villains have little little tiny things in there uh there was a thing you said you wanted to circle back to but i've forgotten what it is do you remember oh, what detective you were mode, yeah De- my detective mode one of my first. biggest problems with this game is that detective mode is too good and that that's so good it, it it helps you figure out where enemies are you can see through walls it helps you tra- track scent trails it helps you see like goodies and and collectibles all over the place and because of that as i mentioned i spent most of the game in detective mode and you don't actually get to just like see the actual environments as they were created in the grungy looking arkham city or arkham asylum and and you know the the beautiful world after it becomes taken over by poison ivy And, and so it's like I couldn't, I couldn't convince myself not to come out of detective mode because it was just too useful, which I felt like was a detriment to the experience of it all because then everything is just this blue wireframe <laughs> instead of an actual HD beautiful video game. Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't overuse it like that. I had did, I think the first time I ever played through it, I definitely used it a lot. This time I was like, all right, I walked through a door, you know, aka a loading screen. All right, click it on. How many unarmored enemies are there? Okay. And then I would turn it off and then I would go. I'm like, I know there's three dudes I, that I could potentially have to beat up here. Uh, which it kind of broken. Like you're saying. Yeah. I, I did turn it off because I know like I'm going to keep this on the whole time. But yeah, it's definitely, they they bring it back. So it's not so overpowered. But in this game, it's like, it, yeah, it's almost to the point like, why would you not always have it on? But it, the game's pretty. So, you know, try your best not to, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anything else? Did, did, all right. I've got a thing. If you, is there any more things about the game specifically? Because I guess we're yeah, sort of getting I, to my end uh, part of this. Another big letdown, I think, of it, and you've already brought this up, was the Joker fight at the very end. Like, Titan Joker. Mm, yeah. Just everything's building up to, you know, you're going to fight the Joker. You know that the Titan's going to make its way in there somehow. And then you finally get, and you see him, you get infected with it. And then he gets infected, and I'm like, fuck, am I about to have a Titan Batman versus Titan Joker thing? This is going to be so cool. And then you get there, you find out, no, I'm better than that. I overcome it. And then the fight with him is like, you literally don't fight him. You just fight a bunch of goons while you wait for him to turn his back and address the city so you can pull him down. And then he Mm -hmm. gets back up, and then you pull him down again. And he gets back up, and then you pull him down one more time, and that's the whole fight. And that was, like, super disappointing to me to be the last thing you do in the game. Yeah, not not a great way to end it. Um, just the Titan thing is—it's an interesting enemy because they run at you and you gotta battering them and let them hit walls and all that stuff. And yeah, he comes down and swipes at you and you just run away. And then he yeah. just jumps and he goes. And it's kind of funny <laughs> that the way Batman—he eventually gives himself the antidote for the Titan after you know like 10, 15 minutes. It is so funny that Batman's answer was just like, "I'll will myself to not turn into a monster." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how is that a thing that you can do? Uh, it's wild, but yeah, that, that fight's not a great way to end the game, but everything else in the game is, is fantastic. Uh, I did I love the walking towards it. Like the, when you, mm-hmm. when you finally do defeat poison Ivy and then the whole city's back or the whole Arkham asylum is back to normal, but then there's just fireworks going off and you're like, what's going on? And none of the enemies are attacking you. And there's a guy at the front door with a guest list that just says Batman all over it. And it's like, and then you're walking through and there's like the, the party, like the, the, the tunnel of people just with party hats, just like going cheering you like that's such a cool little moment in that game. Just like, what the fuck am I walking into? Obviously this is yeah. a trap, but cool. Oh yeah. I definitely beat up all those guys. Uncertainty. You did? I didn't touch yeah. them. <laughs> you get a trophy for it if you beat up all those guys. Oh, you do? Okay. Well uh-huh. then I touched them the first time I'm sure, but I didn't this time. Yeah. Uh, and then I do love the reveal at the end of the, the visiting hallway that Joker's just 
it's been his body the whole time with the fake TV on his head. Yeah. Because you can go in there any time of the game and they'll talk to you or whatever. But it's like, oh, he's talking through the TV. But then you turn around and turn back around and his body's in a different position. So like he'll be sitting, Ooh, you know, like with, I didn't a, realize with that. a hand on his on his cheek or whatever, propping it up, and then you you'll he'll talk through the TV and you'll turn around and then like he's laying on his left hand back on the other side. And then you turn around again and nothing else will change. So it's like, oh, he's he's been here the whole time. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing that they do. So I guess getting to the end, sort of, how do you rate this game? Like, how do you feel about this game now? And I normally wouldn't do this, but how do you think it stacks up to the rest of the series? Just because we have that hindsight to look. And, you know, how good do you think this game is for what it was and compared to the series? Because I have thoughts about this game. I, in playing through this again, eight years later, I realized that, like, legit if this game was just released again today and we wiped our memories of it existing beforehand, like, this would still be, like, a 9 out of 10 video game today. I think it stands up really, really well, especially with the HD remasters that came out on PS4. Um, I think it's an excellent game. And honestly, I, again, it's been a long time since I played City, and, you know, there's a lot of controversy around Arkham Knight with all the vehicle stuff, but I think it might be my favorite of the series. And I think it's, it's, it's definitely more linear, and City opened it up to be open world so that you could, you know, kind of fly all over the city. And with that came a bunch of, you know, this was the first open world game. There are now, as you mentioned, like 500,000 trillion Riddler trophies everywhere. Uh, so it's like it felt unfocused a little bit for me, although there were some cool new things like playing as Robin and Nightwing and, and uh, Catwoman. But And then, yeah, Night was just like cool but not quite what i wanted so this i feel like is like the perfect it's tight it's contained it's a metroidvania type game it's i beat it in 10 hours straight through playing it all in one sitting um it felt really good to me so yeah this might be my favorite of the series i'll have to play the other ones again before maybe suicide squad comes out or something but this i think is my favorite of the series yeah yeah it's def- i'm agree with that it is super solid even playing this now um Nine out of ten, I, you know, I'm not rating it, but it it's fantastic. Hey, you see where gaming has come since then, and like where everyone got their combat and their exploration stuff from. Um, and it is a super solid Metrovania. Uh, I think it's probably my third favorite Arkham game, and that's including Origins. Uh, I totally forgot Origin. Here's the story: Arkham Origins hold a special place in my heart because. It was the first time that I can like literally think and consciously know that I made the decision to say, I don't have to play a game if I don't like it. <laughs> I don't, like I don't have to beat it. Because up until then, I had like, you know, I start a game like, ah, oh, I'm not loving this, but I'm gonna slog through it, or I have to finish it, or I'm so glad. And I got like quite a bit into that game and I realized like I can put this down. No one's gonna judge me if I don't finish this game. <laughs> so, so I don't even consider. I don't even think about Arkham Origins ever in my entire adult life. It definitely counts, though. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I again, I do like the game a lot. The things I get into, the, and I'll get into. I don't throw hands or anything. But I do when I do talk to people about the Arkham series. The reason that you brought up why your favorite is the reason that it's not mine is that it is Metroidvania and linear, which is cool but I prefer open world 100% over a linear game. Um, and they just improve upon it. Like I love the, all the, the boss fights 
and the story I think is way better in two. And I still I even think Arkham Knight's better. Arkham Knight's just fucking beautiful. Like that's the thing is that game it being is, a, yeah. a modern game, it just looks so much better. Um, so I really flip hard between Arkham Knight and Asylum being my two or my three. But again, I'm not. It's crazy that it's like it's my third favorite in the series, and it's still a nine out of ten. You know, whatever. It's like right. oh, <laughs> it's this is your, this is your third favorite food that is the best food in the world okay yeah whatever it doesn't matter it's still great um yeah i think it's wonderful but it replaying this it reaffirms my my thoughts that like yeah i like this game a lot i just don't like how linear it is and that's what the game was there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of people prefer it i just and that that joker fight is not great yeah it's Um, a stinker but that doesn't stop the game from being fantastic but yeah for me it's two or three straight up so but again that's not bad uh let's see how cozy feels about it cozy wrote in (laughs) cozy wrote in with his thoughts on barf um he says hey respawn aim fire crew you know that i love some metroid and when i learned that metroid fusion was this one's barf game there was no doubt that i'd be writing in my thoughts to y'all on this gba classic I bought my first copy of Metroid Fusion years ago, secondhand, pour one out for EB Games' used GBA section, and was almost immediately hooked from the moment I started it. I'd previously beaten Super Metroid, as well as dabbed a little in the original NES Metroid, and while I enjoyed both titles, I found Fusion easier to jump into, what with its more polished gameplay, better signposting, and clearer overall structure. I agree, Cozy. While some Metroid fans of this day bemoan Fusion's more linear level design during its first half, I loved it. See, Adam, more linear. He likes the linear. Yeah, I get it. In I large it. part because of how it directly how directly it parallels Samus's journey over the course of the game. When we catch up with Samus, she's still recovering from a near-death experience and settled into something of an emotional slump, as evidenced by her occasional monologues. Our heroine lacks the drive she once had, and as a result has allowed the Galactic Federation to take the wheel and control her more rigidly than ever before, hence the game's fairly linear, rigid first half. But when Samus realizes in the second half that the Federation is up to no good and that she needs to openly defy her superiors, the game in turn opens up. People tend to regard linearity as a fundamentally bad thing in the context of Metroidvanias, but in my book, it's totally permissible if said linearity underscores where its protagonist's emotions and priorities lie and conveys extra information the dialogue alone can't encapsulate. And here's where some people are like, cool. You guys landed the joke. Excellent. Very funny. And here's where I'm going to push it further into unfunny territory and just keep pushing that joke. Visually, Fusion's 8-bit graphics are a vibrant threat and its music, while not necessarily to my favorite, my favorite in the series, is appropriately moody. But personal preferences aside, there's no denying that the game's sound design really comes to life during the SAX segments. I think he misspelled sex. While fleeting, Samus' encounters with her doppelganger are some of the most tense and memorable moments I've had in any Nintendo game, period. They straddle the perfect line of being terrifying and overwhelming, yet not so so overwhelming that you feel like you can't escape it if the beast notices you. The idea that Metroid Dread is going to take the fundamental concept of the SAX, an invincible enemy that relentlessly pursues you, and run it with it come October is so, so awesome. And then here's where we push it so far that it becomes funny again. We just keep Still pounding going. on the ground that it, it becomes funny again. It comes back around. As someone that has loved Fusion for some time, it's been pretty heartwarming. Uh, it's been pretty heartening to watch the Metroid community remember how brilliant things like the SIX were and, really, and rally behind Fusion as a whole over the past few years. It really felt for a while like Fusion was almost an afterthought when it came to discussing the best Metroids with 2004 Zero Mission occupying much more real estate in critics' minds. 
I think that Metroid Zero Mission is itself a strong game that I would also recommend checking out, especially ahead of Dread. But I found it to be a little on the basic side in terms of story and enemies until its final act, which makes sense, seeing how it's a remake of the original Metroid. Hope you enjoyed this review, and I especially hope that you're looking forward to Metroid Dread. There we go. Came back around. Uh, that was, of course, because Cozy writes in, and like I swear to God, it's not on purpose. He writes in his thoughts. We request them ahead of time. He writes them in, and we forget to read them on the show. So that was for last month's barf, Cozy. Um wrote that in at the right time and we just didn't read it so now we're including it here and you're welcome you got two barfs for the price of one barf there you go extra barf for you it's yes. so funny because i remember you making it either a tweet or something where you're like i'm definitely going to read this one on the metroid <laughs> show yes. no i'm not skipping it no way in hell and here we are in batman arkham asylum i feel like uh, i also told trevor while we were recording last month's barf i was like cozy wrote an email we have to we have to read it and then he was like, yeah, sure. And, and then we did it. <laughs> Here we are. But those points, just switch some of the names from Samus to Batman. and Metroidvania. The, the, the sex linearity. to the Joker. I mean, it kind of yeah. works. Joker sex. Yep. yep. Harley did it, probably. Uh, definitely. I think. Is that a thread in City? Anyways. I don't know, but it's definitely a thread on a lot of websites out there in the world. <laughs> DeviantArt.com. Let's go. <laughs> well, is that everybody? Uh, yeah. Sorry, we did record this a little early, so we couldn't have the other people um, write in and tell us how they feel about Arkham Asylum. I know it's some people's first time, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. And let us know on Twitter how you feel about Arkham Asylum. It's a good game, yes? Yes, please. If you don't, the Yakuza will come get you. <laughs> Anyways, that'll be Barf. That is Backlog, Consulate, Respawn, and Friends talking about Batman Arkham Asylum. Thank you, Chad, for joining me. And we'll see you guys again. Oh, get on Patreon.com and give us a dollar and you can vote on the next Barf game. That poll will be coming out pretty soon. So vote on it and then we'll figure out what we're going to play next month. Dope. So don't fret, friends. Get in there and then you can also vote and listen to me mispronounce Yakuzo. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be it first, Chad. I'm ready to go and eat right. some Taco Bell. I will see you guys later. Thank you.